All right, we're back off topic, BackSportsPage.com. On the line right now, we have our very, very good friend. He is uh, probably, you know, not for nothing. I see his face everywhere now because over at the supermarkets, they, they, it's, since it's barbecue time, you see all the stuff. Ah. They see you all see the stuff packages. Chef Brian Duffy's back with us here on Off Topic. Chef, how are you? What's going on, my friend? It's good. Oh, you're, and you're in a good mood. This is all good things. These, these are all good <laughs> I'm things. I'm always in a good mood. Man. I'm always <laughs> in a good mood. Well, you you live by the old motto: um, if you're doing something you love, it's not really work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I have a blast with what I do, man. I get to travel all over the world. I get to make people super happy, and I get to talk to you guys every month or so. Yeah. I th- that's always a good thing too, and it makes me happy yeah, too, Jeff. It makes us it makes us very happy, and it was funny because I was watching. You know how every Sunday on um, on Spike they do the uh, they do all the different bar rescue repeats, and one Marathons, of them, yeah, yeah. And I saw and I saw two the other day, which you were involved with, and yep. yeah, I've uh, I out of out of the twenty two that I did, typically on the top ten worst bar rescue episodes, I have. Eight of them. Really? Yeah. Which, which eight are yep. the? Uh, which eight are the? Are the? Oh, are you know, they put me in the worst episodes, the ones that were the most screwed up. So one of them was Ami out in Denver. One of them was the black sheep in North Carolina, or in uh, uh, Chevy, Ohio. One of them was uh, the one in at, at Fairways. In Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> Definitely the other one was in Philadelphia, Downey. I can't remember the other ones, but I know that, I don't know if that's a claim to fame, that I have the dirtiest, most nastiest kitchens out there, but you know what? You run with it. Yeah, well, I thought you meant, like, as far as, like, turning out to be the worst situations. Like, I was about to say, the Public House did very well. I think they're still doing very well, right? Public House does very well. Scott Sherpenberg is down there. Natalie is still down there. Billy... Uh, Billy just left in the last about three to four months to go and pursue another career. Um, so Scott is down there, and he's, those guys are still rocking and rolling, man. They have a really nice pub. It looks beautiful. Scott's paid off, uh, the, the, if I'm not mistaken, all of his, his back tax debt, um, as well as has just done a tremendous amount of renovations on the property itself. So, yeah, that's the Black Sheep in Chevy, Ohio. And what's amazing too is Taffer has done all these different update shows. He hasn't updated that one at all, and you'd think he would, with since they paid back all the money. Yeah, you know, obviously the more dramatic the episode, the bigger the turnaround is going to be. So, unfortunately, you know, Scott's just a great operator. He does his thing. Um, he just rocks and rolls. You know, he didn't yell at anybody. He didn't scream at anybody. So the episode itself wasn't really just a, a crazy, crazy episode. You know, it was just one of those ones that fell in, like, hey, these guys are struggling. Now, let's do something fun with them. So, Well, let's talk about some of the different projects that you're involved with. Um, every single time yeah. we talk with you, you oh, you seem to be opening a new restaurant or doing recon for someone. <laughs> um, uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time he said he had a, a new restaurant in the Philippines? Uh, I thought oh, it was no. Mexico, Mexico, actually. Mexico. Mexico. Tijuana, Tijuana. Yeah, I was going to say Tijuana, too. I actually, knew there were yeah, Spanish yeah. people there. Tijuana, <laughs> <laughs> man. So uh, about three years ago, I got contacted by a couple of guys down in Tijuana to do something really cool. They wanted to do an Irish pub in Mexico. So I kind of blew them off. I didn't think they were really being serious. The project, I'm not kidding you, because of the Mexican government and the quote-unquote bureaucratic ways, 
things took a really long time to open. So my client uh, actually ultimately ended up walking into the, the, the L&I office of Mexico and said, I want to know what the problem is. And the guy was like, I have no idea what's going on. I've never seen this before. Uh, he said, but here you go. And he literally like put a stamp on a piece of paper, and that was it. We opened it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things get so, done in Mexico. But, I mean, we've had, like, I mean, there was the, the equipment guy that we had was murdered. Uh, so wow. we had to find a whole new equipment guy. Uh, you know, like, there were some pretty crazy things that happened with that project. And um, I've been down there probably eight times, and I just, I love going into Tijuana. It's just a, it's a great city, and my clients are a riot because they eat like every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be perfect. So, so we'll be sitting in the restaurant, and uh, Gonzalo, who is one of the managing partners of the property, one of the owners, looks over and he goes, Jefe, tacos? And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's noon, and he looks over and he goes, Jefe, tortas? And, and I, I can't say no. Like, I can eat five times, ten times during the day. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're sitting at like a little taco shop. We're eating, you know, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. It's a great city, man. If you ever get a chance, go down and hang out. Um, speaking about great cities, Chef, uh, one of your hometowns uh, is, is having uh, the draft this year. Are you going to be around? Are you going to? Are you thinking about going to partake? Are you going to do anything special for it? We are uh, the, the draft itself, and they've already shut the city down. Just so you guys know, they have shut down a huge portion of the city in front of the. Uh, we call it the art museum in Philly. Y'all out there call it the Rocky Steps, um, <laughs> but they have uh, they've shut it down. Uh, they have put up a massive, massive stage. And if I can drive past it tonight on my way home, maybe I'll take a picture and I'll tweet it back out to you guys. That'd be but cool. they have put up this huge stage. Um, they're expecting over two hundred thousand people. The cool part for me as a business owner is it is uh, it's about maybe less than a mile away from me. So we have some good stuff planned. I mean, we're actually thinking about doing, we're going to be doing some Xbox games in the restaurant for NFL, and we're just going to be having some fun stuff, you know? We're going to be doing a lot of great stuff inside of the restaurant. We're doing a whole day just of smoking. Um, we're going to do a whole day of crabs and stuff like that. So we're just playing around with it, man, and seeing what happens first year. How far in advance do you plan out for these type of events, knowing that the draft, like I think they announced, was a couple months ago or about almost close to a year ago that the draft was going to be there? You know, for us, and it's so funny you're mentioning this because I have a podcast and I just talked about this today. Um, I, I try to, I, my staff, I try to get them to start thinking outside of the box at least eight so that by six weeks, see you Liz, have a good night. Uh, by six weeks out, we have a finalized more or less version or a plan of what we're going to do for that next holiday. So we are eight, we are six to eight weeks out on every single event that we run. Um, so for us, like we're already planning, we're already working with Uber. You know, we're trying to work with some of the people that are in the city as well. I have a lot of friends that work within kind of the planning part, just to let people know that we're up here. Um, Two hundred thousand people dropping off a mile away from me makes me a very happy man. Um, Chef, you, we, we talked about the project in Philadelphia. We talked about the project in Mexico. Do you have any other projects you're thinking about or other cities that you want to get into? I'm thinking about everything that I possibly can. I mean, if, if there's travel involved, then I will pretty much do a project. Um, I'm doing an appearance in the next in June up in Spokane, Washington. Uh, I'm going to take two days. I'm going to hop on a Harley. 
I'm going to ride down into Missoula, Montana. Uh, but that's that's an appearance. That's a simple one. I just opened uh, a Duffified kind of like branded restaurant down in Tampa, Florida, which is all my menu items on the menu and my training. And Michael Tips from the show, he did the uh, cocktail menu for them. Um, that's in Brandon, in Brandon, Florida. So that's been a lot of fun. I've been in and out of Tampa a lot over the last couple of, uh, over the last two years in reality. So much so that I have amazing friends down there. Um, so I'm, I'm in and out of that city all the time. That's a great little spot. It's attached to a movie theater. Um, so that's a super, that's a super spot, man. It's a little gastro pub. Hey, what kind of food do you serve over there? At this place, you know, I mean, it's really all, a, it's a gastro pub. So it's a little bit more creative, a little bit more fun, kind of an American style of mm -hmm. food that we're doing. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, we have a couple funky little dishes on there. Nothing too crazy because it's in a newer section of, of Florida, a section called Gibsonton, um, which oddly enough, this area is very, um, carnival worker friendly okay shall we say <laughs> um so it's a little bit different in this area compared to like tampa which has a tremendous amount of money um i, I just opened up my place in philadelphia in december which is the flying fish craft house and that's an eight thousand square foot beer hall um wow. that we do 98 percent scratch menu all of our breads are made in-house our pretzels we do every single item in-house um and it's a beast man it's monster we just let me look and see we just kicked our 285th keg on uh, Monday. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of beer. That's a lot of beer. That's a little more than you can drink over there, man. Right? I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I probably struggle with one. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Duff, so if we decided to try and come up with like a great like event up here, you know, maybe go you know a few months out. Make it football oriented because I know you. I know you love grilling. I do. I love. I love anything outdoor cooking. I'm a super huge fan. Okay, so if we were to try to put something together, what what type? If it's a football theme type of thing, what is usually the type of things that you would make for a football theme type of uh, party? You, you know, I mean, seriously, one of the first things I would do is wings. You cannot have football without wings, no matter what it is. Wings have to be involved in any form of football game. That's how I feel. So for me, I mean, I love wings, man. We do two different. We do uh, we do ten different versions of wings on Wednesday nights at my place. But for me, my classic are the baked, fried, and grilled. We call them BFG wings. Which, just so you guys know, it just happens to be that BFG means baked, fried, and grilled. But it's also got a completely different meaning. And anybody who comes up with it gets a hundred dollar bill out of my pocket. Nobody has gotten it just yet. Just so you guys know. Hmm. But BFG are baked, fried, and grilled. So we brine them for about 24 hours. We pull them out, toss them in a little bit of my spice, a little bit of salt and pepper, uh, some apple cider, or I'm sorry, some red wine vinegar, and then we roast them off. We bake them for about 25 minutes. We pull them, we chill them, and then we fry them to order. And then after we fry them, we toss them in our sauce, which is a beer and whiskey glaze. So it's got a really nice amount of tanginess to it. There's chipotle in there. There's some Texas peep. There's a little bit of Louisiana hot sauce. Um, we mix all of that together, and then it creates a glaze on the outside of the wing, and then we grill those wings to caramelize that sauce. So for me, if there's football, there's got to be some form of wing. I don't care what you do with the wings. That just happens to be my favorite. In that situation, too, would you ever consider, especially with the wings and that type of recipe, would you ever consider doing uh, mass production, You know, putting it in stores? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I mean, as a chef, we, you know, we're constantly reinventing ourselves. We're constantly trying to find ways to get our product out there, to get the product noticed, to, to create a relationship with the guests themselves. Um, you know, it's really important for me to touch every table that walks into the restaurant through my manager. Um, but, you know, to have a product in the grocery store, yeah, absolutely, man. Trust me, I'd love that. I actually, so you guys know, I used to work for a company where I created uh, frozen, like, seafood dishes uh, for every major grocery store chain in the world. Wow. So... That's that was a fun one. Yeah, that sounds like a, you know a pretty fun uh, job to have. You know, I mean, it gives you the credibility as a chef. You know. <laughs> well, and also, what is one thing? You as, still there? Uh, oh yeah, we're we're still here. Can you hear us? <laughs> okay. You know, what, it actually, oddly enough, oddly enough, I hate I hated that job. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, uh, oddly enough, I hated that job. It was probably one of the worst jobs that I've ever had. And, and here's why, because I I was a chef. I mean, I was a chef for, for eight, 17 years at that point, 18 years. So I was used to executing at a very high level, very, very fast pace. So I go and work for a company. Three months into working for the company, I'm now nine months ahead of schedule. So you take a chef in an office, and you watch him deteriorate into a slow, fat, obnoxious piece of crap. That's where I went. <laughs> that's exactly where I went. It seems like that's where I went to die. It, it just wasn't. It wasn't fun, you know. I mean, I it got. It just wasn't fun. I love the creation process. I love the science aspect of it. But man, there were days that I sat at my desk and, and I and I wanted to. I wanted to shoot somebody. It was so bad. I guess being a chef is not really like a desk job type of uh, gig, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't expect to be uh, sitting at a desk, you know, doing that. You can't say, I'm going to hold, hold that food for a second. I'm, let me take this call at my desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work too well. <laughs> I'm going to put you down for a second. <laughs> um, Duff, one question I also have for you, as far as sports bars are concerned, what is something that you, you would, that would bother you if you were looking at a menu at a sports bar that would be on it? What, what did you say? As far as sports bars are concerned, you look at a menu as far for their food. What is something that should not be on a sports bar menu? Everything that they have. Everybody does the same thing. Nobody does anything creative. seems like all, especially the major sports chains that I go to, I know if that product comes from U.S. food or comes from Cisco, I know who it's coming from. It's time for sports bars to get, I don't know how free you guys want me to speak, but it's time for sports bars to get a set of balls, man. You know, like, let's do something fun and different and inviting. Mm -hmm. Let's stop topping burgers with onion rings and, and jalapeno poppers. Like, let's do something fun. I mean, I, I, I've said it for years. I just I just uh, was in Vegas speaking and working out there at something called Nightclub and Bar, which is the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. And uh, I had a whole section in there called the Food and Beverage Innovation Center. And one of my mottos is very simple. It's time to get the box cutters out of our chef's hands and give them their knives back. Like, every time I turn around, I'm walking into someplace, and it's the same product that a U.S. food or a Cisco are selling. And don't get me wrong, they have a good product, but it's time for people to start getting more creative, man. Have a little bit of fun with food. Stop keeping inside of that box. Get out of the box and get a set of balls. Speaking of sounds like your, um, your Irish-Mexican restaurant has some, uh, would be interesting. <laughs> what type of uh, what stuff's on the menu there? You know, oddly enough, these guys wanted very Americanized food. So... Um, I, I did one burger that's called, uh, it's called the Day of the Dead. So um, this burger is actually topped with requesson, 
which sounds French and all that good stuff, but it's actually a Mexican regatta cheese. Um, I top that off with a dried out kind of pico de gallo. So we kind of strain the pico de gallo out. And then we take a Mexican chili. It's a bird chili that we grate over top of the burger itself. Um, and that is served just exactly the way that it is with that. And then we put a fried egg right on top of the whole thing. So that one itself is just a thick burger. And you know what's really funny? That project, all of my ground beef is ground like three blocks away from the restaurant. So we get the super, super fresh product every single day. These guys are grinding their meat for us. Every day we have a baker, this woman named Melissa, who who works out of a garage, like in the hood of, of Tijuana. She just, she creates amazing, amazing bread. Um, so we have super fresh product over there. It's just a really nice, neat property. They do a great job. But they wanted a little bit more of a classic, more classic uh, American menu, shall we say. Now, we have, in the studio right now with us, uh, Duff, we have Steve, we have Anthony, and we have Vegas Mike. Uh, Vegas Mike is obviously from Vegas. Have you, do you have any projects out in Las Vegas right now? I have no projects out in Las Vegas. The only project, Vegas Mike, that I have out there is making my way home from the Double Down Saloon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> good, good place, good place. For, for, <laughs> dude, are you kidding me? It is one of the greatest bars in the country. When you go in there on a Tuesday night, or God, I guess I was in there on a Monday night. The DJ who's there was on fire. One one, one moment I'm sitting there, I'm listening to like Joy Division, and the next thing you know, it's Jimi Hendrix, and then the <laughs> next thing you know, it's like Adele sped up and like mixed out in some crazy EDM way. The guy was on fire, and I got home at like five thirty in the morning. It felt great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it, man. And Vegas, you go out, you know, you go out anytime. You end up uh, leaving the place where the sun comes up. That's just crazy. Well, oh my god, I'll tell you one of my one of my craziest nights ever. I actually happened to be in New Orleans, and this is a, a really funny, quick story. I was getting sorry. I'm outside in the ghetto. I was uh, getting ready to leave. Uh, I was going. I was. I was flying out that day, and I was in New Orleans. We shot an episode of Bar Rescue down there. Uh, it was the one called Bros Gotta Go. So it was the guys, the, the college buddies who owned the bar uh, with Big Rob. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but no, I, I remember Big Rob. Rob. I remember that too. Big Rob is the Big Rob is the man. Uh, so I, I got I got into my hotel and it was about four o'clock in the morning. And I walked in the front door of the hotel and I was just about to get on the elevator and my phone beeped and it was a text message from a guy named Tim Warren who was one of the executive producers of the show. And all he wrote was casino and a question mark. So I turned around, I walked out the front door of the hotel, across the street, into the casino. I sat down and played blackjack for three and a half hours. I got in a fight with a woman at the table because I do, when I play, I double down on 13 guys. I hate to tell you, but I do it. I've got like a 55% rate that I win. So, uh, so people hate me when they play poker with me uh, or when they play blackjack with me. So I and this woman starts screaming at me and I'm like you know what it's time for me to get out of here I leave I walk out the front door as soon as I walk out the front door there's the sun it's Sunday morning in New Orleans it's like 85 degrees I'm drunk I'm sweating <laughs> and I cannot wait to get back into my hotel room because I've got a flight at 1 o'clock in the afternoon I walk over I walk over to the edge of the street I stop there for a second I look up and the light's red I look left very quickly. I look right really quickly. 
I look left again, and I hear a gunshot. It's the gun that went off for the marathon that was taking place directly in front of me. Now, <laughs> drunk, sloppy, sweaty me at 7.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning in New Orleans, and there's 4,000 people running a marathon oh, directly man. in front of me. And all I could do was sit there, stick my belly out, hang my head in, in total disbelief, <laughs> and just sweat it. Worst, the worst morning I've ever had. So See, bad that I got on the plane, I sat down, I got bumped up to first class, I was super happy because I was still fat and drunk. <laughs> I sat down and the flight attendant walks over and says, can I get you a drink? And I kind of look at her, she says, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> what happens in Vegas yes. stays in Vegas. Yeah. What happens in New Orleans stays in New Orleans because you have absolutely no idea what happened to you tonight. <laughs> yeah, so, so true. That was New Orleans. So what you're saying is the, the movie The Hangover, you lived it multiple times. Oh, God, it was so bad. You know, I, I travel all over the world, and, and I mean, I'm 45 years old. I have two daughters, uh, but, but I, I live a life, and it's really important to me to experience everything I can. Uh, you know, the guy called me from, for this event up in Spokane, Washington. It's the first ever food and wine festival they're putting on out there. And we kind of went back and forth, and he said, look, chef, I know how busy you are, but I would love to have you come out. He said, I'll even throw a Harley in if you come out. I'll hook you up with a Harley dealership. You can rent a bike. He said, it's a beautiful time to ride in June. So I took the event. You know, I, I discounted my rate a little bit, but I took the event because that's an opportunity for me to experience something that I've never done before. Mm. So that's kind of how I live my life, and that's where the whole world of Duffified comes from. Is It's about never saying no, and it's about experiencing life and and, and meeting people and engaging them and talking to them and, and doing what I'm doing with you guys, you know? So this is a blast for me. I love talking to you guys. Oh, we, we, we always appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, for real, though. And, like, we've we got to set this up when you get back up to the New York area where we all get together. we got to make that happen. Or, you know what, Stephen, I might have to take a trip down to Philly to your restaurant. Dude, I would love to have you guys come down to Philly. I would absolutely love it. It's a great city. You know, I'm in New York a lot, but whenever I come up to New York, I'm with my girls and with my daughters. Um, we, my girls love to come up there. We hop on the Amtrak. You know, it's like a hundred dollar round trip ticket. Uh, we hop up into New York. We grab a hotel. We do dinner the night before. We go shopping the next day. Um, I'm a huge fan of New York, man. I've got great friends up there. Very, actually, you guys are New Yorkers. A friend of mine, her name is uh, Danielle von Scheiner. She owns. Uh, she is the only woman-owned cider company, and she does one called the Big Apple Hard Cider. It's all washing, or it's all New York apples and all New York water. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, so everybody check her out. Her name is Cider Mistress on Twitter and Instagram. Um, her name is Danielle Von Shiner. Um, she's beautiful, she's funny, and she knows New York like the back of her hand. Um, every time I go up, she's like my tour guide. So, Duff, where can everybody find you with all your different projects between Recon, your restaurants, and your podcasts? Where can everybody find you? Uh, my podcast is called Duffified Live, and that is through RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, we record every single week. Actually, I'd love to have you guys on sometime to talk sports and stuff. Okay, uh, awesome. So I do uh, Duffified Live. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Bry Duff, C-H-E-F-B-R-I-D-U-F-F. -F. It's a great place to find me. Uh, my website is, uh, or I'm sorry, my Facebook is Chef Brian Duff. And I'm just a pretty simple dude. Um, I've got a consulting business called the Duffified Experience Group. Uh, we travel all over the world uh, right now, like Michael Tips from the show. Him and I are working on a project in Indianapolis. We just finished one down in Tampa. I'm around, man. You know, I'm I'm here. Well, you know, we have to we have to make this this meeting happen with uh, 
with all of us, and then we're gonna we're, we'll talk a little business, but we'll have some fun too. Yeah, and let's do something. Let's get a big party going on up there for some football event. I'd love to come up. Let's hop. We'll hop in. We'll hop into a, you know like a jet parking lot or something. We'll do something fun. I don't know who your sports teams are. Well, but, but. If, if you go into the Jets parking lot, no one will be there. Giants, maybe. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. We party our asses off down here in Philly, but we just everybody leaves before the end of the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> including sometimes including the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's great. That's hey, actually, awesome. You know what's funny is I'm interviewing uh, Dan Rodenbaugh, who is the uh, he's uh, he plays for the Philadelphia Soul. So I'm interviewing him, I guess, next week on my podcast or the week after. Awesome. That's that's yeah. yeah, he's a player over there. He's a pretty good dude. He's out of Miami. Yeah, so. he's the Philadelphia Soul is probably one of the best one of the best one of the minor minor teams out there. It's very well run by uh, Mr. Mr. Jovi. <laughs> Mr. Bon Jovi. Yeah, well Mr. Jovi and uh and a guy named uh, Costa. Uh, yes. he's one of the partners and, and actually a very good friend of mine, Ashley, is the director of marketing for the Philadelphia Soul. It's 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 cr- it's crazy on how everything connects sometimes. But Duff, we're going to definitely make this happen. And what I'll do is I'll call you during the week next week, and we'll we'll start putting stuff together. All right, that sounds good. I'm down in uh, I'm down in Tampa and Fort Myers all next week. But let's make something happen, and let's try to get something going for that last week of uh, of April. All right, you got it, man. Thanks a lot, Duff. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Duff. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Chef. You guys. Bye bye. So that's awesome. So now we're going to be a guest on a podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. That, that's that's going to be weird for us. Yeah, uh, it will be a little weird. You yeah, know? I'm not going to be like not used to like dominating the conversation. I actually, I want to get to his restaurant in Philadelphia. Yeah, me too. Extremely good food when he goes soon. I don't yeah, think yeah. he's going to go back to Vegas.